Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Moderer, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each week I bring you a dynamic topic and a fantastic guest. And today our topic is three massive mistakes business owners make that cause them to overwork and more, and I'm sure we all fit that category. I know I do. Um, I'd like to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Clara Corley. She is the CEO and founder of Clarity Unlimited. She has an extensive and unique international background as a clarity coach, organizational consultant, humanitarian, and insatiable explorer. She works with organizations and individuals who are committed to making a positive difference in the world with their work. She has worked and traveled through 40 countries and five continents. She is author of the book, T-U-R-N, Four Steps to Clarity in Your Life and Career. She is also an international speaker, TEDx presenter, and currently lives in the San Francisco area. Welcome, Clara, to my show tonight. I'm so happy to have you as a guest. Me too. Thank you, Robbie. It's great to be here. Uh, do you feel that women more than men experience feelings of being underappreciated, underutilized, and under under motivated in the workplace? <laughs> what a great um, no! I don't. I wow, don't. that's I good. Think, I think men and women both experience that. And sometimes people experience it and they're aware that that's what they're experiencing and sometimes people experience it and they're not aware that that's what they're experiencing but no i think i think it's a human thing i think it's a people want to be appreciated and feel like they're doing a good job and they're making people around them happy and they're making a difference and some core human needs in there i agree with you i don't think people do it for the getting appreciation but what it's nice when um when people care about what they've done and show them that they do appreciate it. I know I work on many projects, and I always try to uh, let my helpers and volunteers and things know, and they really appreciate it, yet they're mm-hmm. still willing to do it, even if they didn't get it. So you find that to be true as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. It can be very demotivating, I think. Whether you're a business owner or you're you're working for working for, for a business owner, if you're if you if you're putting your heart and soul into a job, um, one thing I've seen in a lot of organisations and and with business owners who don't appreciate themselves as well, is without that sort of you know lift of hey here's where you're doing great, here's where you're sucking, but here's where you're doing great. It can be it can be a real energy zapper over time and find they have less desire to to work for others especially. Right, I agree with you. What are the three big mistakes? So these three big mistakes, we're, are we, we're focusing primarily on business owners, right? Or are we doing... Right. Okay. Um, so this, the, these mistakes lead people not just to overwork, but also overwhelm and wondering why they started their business in the first place. That can be a, a really strong factor for people who are many years in or newly in. Um, but my focus in my work is very much on the individual because that's the only piece we can actually control. We can't really control what's going on outside of us to a large degree. So the first big mistake is doing it alone, and I call this lone wolf. And this is the this is the syndrome of either you know I've got to show that I've got I've got it all together, and I don't need to ask for any help from anybody, even whether it's hiring a VA to do something you can't stand doing, or um, 
or having somebody help you learn something that you know really enhance your sales, perhaps, or um, or having somebody just help you with some personal development stuff. Because let's face it, business ownership is one long personal development journey. That this sort of I'm going to do it alone and I don't need help and I'm not going to put my money into getting help or, oh, I don't want to look like I don't have it all together or I lose credibility or, you know, many of us as business owners have got this sort of strong relationship with, with control and success and going for it and driving and and um, so asking for support can be can be difficult and it's it's problematic in the long run. So that's the first one. Do you want me to say more about that or should I go on to the second yeah, one? Yeah, of course. Okay, second one's empty tank. It's what? And that's when there's a, it's called empty tank, and that's mm-hmm. when there is a, a serious lack of self-care going on. So the business has taken over to such a degree that the relationships have fallen by the website, well, by the website, by the roadside, or the to enjoy, feel bad about doing, because business really should be taking all of the energy. So I used to dance, I used to sing, but I don't do that anymore. I used to paint, or, well, I used to travel, I don't do that anymore. So the things that really rejuvenate the individual um, get get pushed away. Even conversations they need to have about, you know, this isn't okay with me or I don't want to work with this client. This is a very draining client for me. Um, empty tank can come from not standing up for yourself, not asking for what you need, not giving yourself what you need, um, any kind of inner level of high level of criticalness that's going on. Um, so not not continuing to put fuel in the tank. Um, is, is the the empty tank piece. It's very, very common with business owners. A lot of imbalance when building a business. And the third one, the third big mistake is called muddy mind. Muddy mind. And that's lack of clarity. And that's why I have a business called Clarity Unlimited because that's my specialty. And lack of clarity shows up in many, many ways. There are a lot of people I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Robbie, that... Um, to get into business, the business takes on a life of its own and then they're off on this trajectory and they're like, I'm not even sure where I'm going or I'm going somewhere I'm not really sure it's where I want to go. Um, and, and as that happens, the business can really lose some of its some of its soul. Um, so can the business owner. So it might be a lack of clarity of just a general vision, but it can also be a lack of clarity of, of um, how to get there. Got this sort of vague idea of where I want to go with this thing and I have no clue how to get there. And if you you mix in a bit of lone wolf and empty tank with that, you've got a recipe for disaster and burnout and end of business. So, on a very very high level, those are the those are the three those are the three really big mistakes that I see. And one one of the places I start when I work with people is clarity. Like, what's your vision? And then how do you take right. care of yourself in the context of that so that you can start moving towards it in a strategic way that aligns with your own values. I think that's great. Uh, do you also feel that at the same time it should be, uh, as they're looking at their clarity, it should also be what is their passion? Because I've always found that if people do what their passion is, they seem to be more successful than if they're in something they really don't have any passion for. Do you find that true or not? I The reason, I love that question, the reason I work with people on clarity is because my definition of clarity is um, um, an inner alignment. So my mind, my heart, my spirit, my intuition are all lined up. That's what clarity is for me, which means what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and what I'm sensing and who I am, who I know myself to be, there's congruency. 
so it took me 25 years to, or some 20 years, something like that, to create a business model that's really aligned with who I am. I get to travel. I get to work around the world. I get to coach from anywhere I want. I love being in airplanes. I'm congruent. And therefore, there's a natural energy that comes from this business that, that also shows up in other areas of my life. So clarity is the alignment with the individual and the work, so the sort of inner-outer alignment. And that's exactly what I think passion, I think. I think passionate, passion is a natural um, expression of energy. And energy starts to come through us and excitement. And so on when, we're, when we're living according to who we are. So, yeah, and that's the hardest with... thing. It's hard to figure out who you are sometimes and what you want. They're big questions. I know a lot of times I, I, I'll ask uh, with my work with NAFI, I get to interact with a lot of women and I'll say, you know, what what is it that you want to do? And so many women don't know. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still trying to find out. So somebody like you would be fabulous for them to work with because, you know, you can't do it alone. Sometimes you need the right person to get you on the right track. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, and the way of going about clarity, I think a lot of people use, uh, well, I, you know, I should be this or I'm thinking this or they use the mind to get clear. Uh-huh. Um, it goes so much, it goes so far beyond that. You know, really clarity comes from looking at where our values are and where our desire has been and where our energy has been moving and, you know, what's 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 turned us on and what's turned us off. And um, so when I'm on that journey with somebody, I'm asking them those kind of questions. Like, what's got you excited? And then we can whittle it all the way down to something specific and slowly we build a picture. And that's when it You make them go within themselves and really ask them deep questions that they probably have been too busy to even look at. Well, it's interesting because we're talking about clarity in the context of a business design or a business desire. So with that, I actually have a process called the the Clarity Matrix process. And, um, And that is is a series of questions about how they want to live their life. and But it, they're such small questions that they're easy to answer. It's hard if people answer the big questions about, what do you want this to look like in 10 years' time? Or um, how many employees do you want to have? Or But when you ask those questions, let's say, for example, somebody does want to do a business with employees. Rather than saying, how many employees do you want to have? You might say, so uh, tell me about a time when you worked at a company and, and like a favorite moment that you had. Okay, how many people were you working with? Did that feel like too many or, or did that feel about right or did it feel too small or do you seem to thrive in smaller groups or larger groups? What are the personalities of these people that are important to you? Have you had people work for you before? Have you seen other places where people have worked there? What were the kind of dynamics that worked? And you start tuning people into the little details that have gone on in the place they've worked, experiences that they've had. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, yeah, well, there was that. I didn't like that, but I didn't like that. I liked it when he gave me kudos for what I'd done well and gave me feedback, but I didn't like it when I just got negative feedback or when he was looking over my shoulder the whole time or whatever. You know, I love this client, but this one over here, not so much. So those kind of... Um, more granular questions actually naturally help people get clear and you just it's like a jigsaw you go, oh there's a bit of the jigsaw over there oh there's another bit oh and now we've got a picture it's a much easier less confronting way in if that yeah I, I can see how it would make sense Clara how did you get into this work you know um, I I sort of backwards is how I got into it and that's that's why I love coaching people around it because I 
I just tried so many different jobs and eventually, I mean, I grew up in England. I, the, the whole rule over there was, you know, you go and get a degree and you get a qualification and you get a nice job, maybe doing as an attorney or something, you know, something well paid and get a house and get married and have a dog and kids and all that. And I just couldn't fit myself into it. It didn't feel right. Entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship wasn't really taught or thought about. So I'd try all these different jobs. I'm like, oh, this isn't really working, and that's not really working, and who the heck am I anyway? So paralleling the job changes, they sort of paralleled the inner work that I was doing. And then all of a sudden, I started at university. I was studying communication and speech. I started taking these classes, and I was like, I speak like that. These are the conversations I'm having out. I was coaching people before I knew I was coaching them, basically. And then I took some coaching classes, and I was like, this is really natural for me. Now I have a container for it so I can stop doing it to my friends without their permission. But, oh, that's what I'm doing. It's called coaching. And then one of the last places I worked, which was uh, one of the Fortune 500 companies, I went in there and a woman looked at my resume and she said, oh, you've been doing organizational development. And she looked at my history and my experience in Africa and India and also in America and in England. And she She'd looked at the experiences that I'd written on this resume and went, it's organizational development. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing facilitation. I'm doing coaching. I've been speaking since 96 anyway. So I, sort of, I just sort of arrived there. And then through whatever I was learning or whoever was around me, it got defined. And then really shortly after that, I started this business. And it, I've never looked back. So how do you reach a place of clarity when you feel that you'd like to or need to make a change but are not sure what the change would be? You know, the biggest thing I see is people don't trust their own desires. They don't, they don't, more often than not, here's what happens with the clarity matrix. I do the clarity matrix with somebody. They get this picture. They're like, yeah, that's exactly, that's right. That's what I want. I know I'd forgotten about that value that I'd thrown out all those years ago. This is what I want. And then the next thing you've got to deal with is believing you can have it. And that comes down to personal deservedness issues and so on and so forth. And more often than not, this is not rocket science, honestly. People just stop trusting themselves to just follow their impulses, follow their intuition, follow their excitement, follow their passion. And the older we get, the harder that seems to get. You know, you have kids or you have a house or you have other responsibilities or, or you just use them as excuses because you don't know how to do it on your own. So, or you listen to other people instead of trusting right. your own judgment. Right, which is another excuse, isn't it? It's like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just going to default. I'm going to default to my house and my kids and my grandmother and my friends who don't you know, see it in me. So that's, that's the way to clarity, and that's how I found my way to... I mean, really, I'm just like gobsmacked on my own life, to be honest. But the way I found myself here was I kept taking risks, and people would look at me and go, you can't stick at anything. You've got a problem. You can't stick at anything. You're running away. And I was not running away. I was running towards at a fast rate. So that's, that's what I see again and again and again. It comes down to most, more often than not, people do know what they want. It's under the surface there. I just help tweet it out. And then they just want somebody by their side so that they can find the courage to go be different in the world, change their belief structure, and let themselves have what they want. Because that's going to shake things up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I agree them, with you. The people around them. I mean, it's it's not it's not a journey. What, what can a person journey. do if they want to feel passion and energy at a particular job, but that is now subsided? Because you know, so many people are getting cut from jobs, or companies are going broke, or different things like that. So, what can they do? 
Well, it, so there's a couple of options. I mean, if you so the first option is, you know, there's always this question of is this really the right place for me and who I am now? And is there a possibility for me to make it better or do I need to consider leaving? So I think there always needs to be those two conversations going on internally. Um, well, that awareness anyway. And then in this, I think a really good starting place if somebody prefers more to stay within an organization, a really good starting place is to start looking at the un, the unspoken conversations. I see that an awful lot. You know, like I'm, I've built up all this resentment towards my boss because of the way they treat me. And now it's so big, it's like a mountain inside of me, and I don't know where to start. Start there. Take out a piece of paper, write down in circles, you know, like a mind map, put a circle, put in it one issue, and then put another issue in another circle, another issue in another circle, and see if there's any themes or patterns. And then find a way to communicate responsibly without going, you're a complete a-hole, and I hate the way you've been treating me, because that doesn't work. Find a way to communicate responsibly. and Start picking things off the list. Um, and start getting that mountain smaller and smaller. Um, that's one way. Start with the conversations. And those may include conversations about pay structure. They may include conversations about levels of responsibility. They may include conversations about feedback, about being overmanaged, micromanaged, or being undermanaged. Um, you know, people thrive on, we already talked about it, appreciation, autonomy. These are some of the basics that people need in their lives. Most of us need these things, not everybody. Um, in order to thrive. So that's, that's a, I think that's a powerful starting place is what are the conversations I'm not having and how do I find the courage to have them? You know, sometimes, too, we find these people that are a good example. I am presently doing some nominations for one of our senators of really incredible women, and there was a woman in my town who's done incredible work with uh, some the business that she's doing, and what I needed some information from her, and she just said to me, oh, I don't think I'm worthy of this award. So somehow women have to get to understand that whatever, what if, you know, if they have the opportunity to be recognized, they are worthy. Other people see them even though they may not see themselves. Yeah. That's really interesting that you said that, because I think, going back to your very first question to me, which is, are women, do women feel more unappreciated than men? So maybe a little bit of a difference in terms of what the sexes do in response to feeling unappreciated. So women may find some women may find it harder to communicate about it. Men also find it hard to communicate. If in some ways way harder, I think, and I'm making massive generalizations right now. But they might be more likely to go in and ask for what they want. You know, just to negotiate for that higher pay raise or to take a stand or speak up in public. Not all men, but they're a little more wired that way. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that makes me a little bit sad to hear that. But um, I think that's that's going on in a lot of people. A lot of people. That's the core place. That's what determines whether you feel confident enough to get clear and have what you want. You know, and it's right. I, I, I think agree with you. People, a lot of people have people around them that support them in 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 the not having what they want. So if I'm right. if I'm living my life and I love to travel and I people love me to and I'm not traveling and then I surround myself with people who are happier because I'm not traveling and then I start traveling and they get all disgruntled and unhappy and I'm like oh okay well I'll travel less then because I'm losing their love and attention better to just start traveling and then some of those people are going to siphon out which is hard and painful but the people that appreciate and love you for the traveler that you are will then start to come in and that takes courage that takes a lot of courage 
I agree with you. What can you do if you once felt passion and energy at a particular job, but, but now that has subsided? Uh, is that so? I think that's what I was saying about start with the conversations. Um, um, now I'm feeling like maybe I didn't answer the question. Um, if you want to feel passionate in a job that's decided, I think start with the conversations. Look where you're not. Look at, firstly, look at the places where you're not communicating or asking for what you want and need. Okay. I, I mean, I, re, I really think that's core cool, because it happens in relationships as well. Right. You know, it's the stuff that's not said and not communicated, and it builds up over time. And job is jobs is the place where there's even more relationships going on than in your own home. But maybe, unless there's many of you living there. You have incredible um, knowledge. So do you do one-on-one coaching with people to help them, with individuals, move through these mistakes and feelings, or how do, how do you work with your clients? I do, I do. Um, well, so I, I don't work with that many people, to be honest. I, I have a small coaching practice. I do a lot of professional speaking. And I'm actually in the process of designing a career transition program I probably won't call it something as boring as that, but a program that people can actually do online where they can do their own matrix. And they can then do the next steps and look at some of the inner game stuff that might be in their way and have some tools for dealing with that and then actually tools for tracking and getting out there and uh, figuring out what their resources are and who to approach and when. And I'm going to do a whole online program with that with, um, with monthly support calls where they can jump on a call and come and talk to me. So that's going to make me more accessible to more people because my private coaching practice is pretty small. And um, but yeah, I love the one-on-one. Love the one-on-one. Yeah, I think because everybody's problems or issues are different. So with the one-to-one, you can zero in right on what that person needs. I think sometimes, but yeah. you, with your knowledge, doing what you wanted, what you're just saying, you'd be able to help so many more people. Right, exactly. And there is, I mean, there's definitely a path that everybody who works with me anyway, they go through a certain process. Everybody goes through it at a different pace, different times. They might do it in a little bit of a different order. Um, But there's a process. So that's what I want to offer online. Like, here's the process. And now if you want some of the one-on-one tweaking, some people will take that and run with it because they're just looking for, you know, a format. If you want more one-on-one and and more individual attention, jump on these calls. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think it does need both. Yeah. Do you think people can find career satisfaction even in a job that might not might not yet be their dream job? Yeah, I, yeah. It depends what's satisfying to somebody. You know, my value around needing to feel really sort of social and intimate, like people care about me in the workplace, might be really high. You might have a value around more getting paid in alignment with what you're doing. So I think it's sort of really a case of know thyself. And and if you're going to take a job that's not your dream job, there's going to have to be certain core values that are explicit in that job. So, I mean, and I work with a lot of people to transition them sometimes out of the job they're in and into sort of something interim because the one they're in is unhealthy or just not working for them anymore. So they'll go to something interim and then we'll continue to work towards the ideal. Um, but even with the ideal and the matrix, there's always a journey towards that. So you're usually in the less than ideal until you're in the ideal. You know, it's usually a journey to to create that. Um, so yeah, I think as long as you got, but you've got to know yourself. You've got to know like really what what are those core things that need to be present in this interim job for me to be happy. In a world where everyone 
wants everything now. How long do you find that it takes people to find a place of career satisfaction? Depends how far away they are from what's honest for them. I worked with a man for, um, let me see, he was in his early 60s. He's been out of work for about a year and a half. Major loss of confidence. This is a six-foot-tall guy. I mean, you know, used to being sort of a strong man in the world. Lost a lot of confidence, was not getting any responses to looking for jobs, starting to give up, impacting his home life because, they were, you know, money was going down and his relationship wasn't doing too well. And um, all that in place, highly motivated, difficult to pull yourself out of that. You know, that's, he was in a difficult place. And we turned it around in about four months and he went and landed himself over an over six-figure job at a company really of his peers, which was one of his fears was, you know, the age factor for him. So four months seems to be a bit of a sweet spot to sort of move through some of that inner stuff, but it really varies. It, it depends on how much time you put into it, how motivated you are, how ready you are. Some people are like, yeah, I'm ready for my day. No, you're not. You're really not. You know, you're saying it, but it's sort of that fake it till you make it stuff. So it really does vary. It really does vary. The shortest I've seen is about... That was pretty fast-moving for him. Um, yeah. Before we get to how people connect with you, tell us a little bit about your book. How long did it take you to write it, and what brought, what made you write it, and what's it about, and how can people get it? You know, it turns on Amazon. I think it's also on my website, clarityunlimited.com. Uh, C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, nothing funny with that. Um, but the, the the book was really born out of, uh, I just I kept wondering why what I was doing with clients was working. So I brought some friends over individually and I filmed them. I filmed me coaching people. They knew they were being filmed, by the way. And then I uh, watched it. I was like, oh, that's what, those, those are the four co- components that I'm looking at and moving people through in my coaching practice that seems to be working for them. And that's what TURN was. TURN was like, oh, yeah, it's this combination of inner game, i.e., how do I feel about myself, how do I see myself, how do I know myself, how do I ask for what I need, and the outer game, which is the actions I'm going to take that move me closer towards who I am. We say what I want, but it's really who I am. You know, those steps are closer and closer to your authentic self. And all of my work is a balance of that. It's always the inner game. We have to be there. And then we want to translate that out into to action that makes sense. A lot of people are doing a lot more than they need to, and most of it is a waste of time. So that's sort of what that's what gave birth to TURN. And then you find a cool acronym, you know, okay, TURN, transform and unwind and resolve and next. So I made a little book out of it. Um, it really speaks to the, the personal development that I've done with people more than the um, – it's not it's not terribly career-focused. It's more focused on – it's got exercises in it, and you can go in and heal some stuff and look at your beliefs and all that kind of stuff. So, it gets yeah. their brain thinking, though, doesn't it? it more than the brain. A couple of the exercises in there are really embodied, experiential. But, yeah, usually people read it. It's not a complicated book. But it's usually people read it, and if they're open to seeing something new about themselves, they will get an aha. Module one, T, transform your beliefs. People do that exercise, it'll absolutely transform their lives. That's gold, that exercise in there. Worth way more than the price of the book. 
just to do that. And they can get the book on Amazon.com. How long did it take you to write the book? Um, I think it took a year. It's a little book. A year. I think it took about a year. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, I, I have tool. to take a look at it. I'm going to go on Amazon and look. How can people, we're almost at the end of the show. I can't believe it goes by so fast. How can people connect with you if they'd like to speak with you further about anything we've talked about in the show or how can they find out about the various topics you speak on? Because I know you do a lot of keynotes. So let's leave that information with our uh, listeners. Best way is the website, and the book's on the website as well. So clarityunlimited.com. That's the easiest. And on there, there's a form if you want to, or I think my email's up there. You can email me at info at punlimited.com, I-N-F-O, short for information. That'll come right to me, and um, or it'll get to me. And, um, yeah, just go on the website, and you can contact me, and you can look at stuff, and you can watch videos if you want me to come in and speak. There's a couple of four, I think, including my TEDx talk. So there's lots of um, there's lots of stuff up there. And the program will be up there at some point, but right now it's not up there yet. Well, Clara, this has been very, very interesting. I'm so happy that you were available to be my guest today. And I I agree. I think we've all found ourselves in some of these places. I know I did in the beginning of my career. And so um, I thank you, and I know that what we've discussed is going to help a lot of people. And thank you so much for um, being on the show today. My pleasure, Robbie. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. Much continued success to you as well. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. I enjoyed it. Much continued success.